0: Welcome to Cultivation Conversation, a podcast for growers, by growers. This will be unscripted, freewheeling conversation between two buds with different perspectives. We hope to shed some light on some of the often confusing and controversial topics in the world of cannabis cultivation, from planning and setup, to germination and harvest, with everything else in between. We want you to sit back, relax, get something to smoke on, and enjoy the show. This should be fun. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Cultivation Conversation Podcast, Episode 2. My name is The Real Green Monster. I'm here with my buddy, Captain Autoflower, on a Friday night. Both of us uh, are feeling uh, pretty loose. How, how you doing tonight, Captain?
1: I'm doing great. Doing great. I'm sitting here drinking uh, a little bit of Blue Point Toasted Lager right now. It's a, it's a really nice beer. It's a Friday, like you said, and after a long week of work, I'm I'm ready to relax and talk about growing some weed with you.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, myself, I'm sipping on a little uh, brew here, puffing on a couple of bong hits. Um, Nice. What are you smoking on? I got some Lemon Jeffrey from uh, Irie Genetics. Yeah, Rasta Jeff. It's uh, it's a really nice smoke. Um, I enjoy the turps on it a lot. And,
1: uh, well, what's it
0: like? Uh, it's very lemony. Very lemony, obviously. Um, I should hope so. But uh, it, there's also something else that I can't quite put my uh, my thumb on it, but um, I don't know. When I when I pop up pop in that jar and I just take a whiff, um, it's very, very uh, intoxicating, uh, almost just smelling the, the jar. It's, huh. The problem is it tastes so good you just want to keep puffing on it.
1: Oh, yeah. I, it's... I got a lot of those types of weeds. Um, you know, Rasta Jeff, man, his his descriptions though would be like eh, it's, it smells like lemons and uh, like band aids and a freshly opened can of tennis balls. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. His his Just, descriptions are unreal. But um, it, it's it's stuff like that though. The, the passion that he puts into it, it's like it's unreal. It makes, it fires me yeah. up when I hear his descriptions. Yeah, dude. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's a great guy yeah he is a shout out to Rasta jeff um so uh first of all i just want to thank everybody for all the feedback we've, we've been getting it's it's uh, been overwhelming really um we started this as a, as a passion project and that's what it is it always will be um we enjoy yes, doing this together it's fun and we're uh, putting the knowledge out there for the community um so thank you everybody uh, yeah. it's,
1: it's thank awesome. you very much um you know got a lot of love in the last couple of days and uh, it's it's really just made my heart melt and made made us really want to get back in here and do another episode and um kind of reaffirmed our decision to do this in the first first place so thank you everybody and just keep listening is all i ask of you but there there will come a time when when we, we call on you for a favor, <laughs> this this will, will be a, a community driven show. Uh, at the end of the day, we want to engage with all you guys, and we want to we want to talk to you, and we want to know about what's going on in, in all of your gardens out there. And, and uh, this is a show for growers by growers.
0: Absolutely, very well put, Captain. Very, well. I couldn't have done it better myself. Really good enough.
1: Thanks, man. Um,
0: So uh, today's topic, we're going to get into a very brief description kind of on grow room setup. And it's going to be kind of vague. I know some of you might be looking for a little bit more detailed information. And and believe me, we will be getting into that. Um, But I want to do this for people that are thinking about setting up a space and and some of the things they need to think about. And um, the attention here is to just kind of lead you down the right path um, and, and, and get you going because
1: um, yeah I, this this we can't do a comprehensive uh setup report for everyone in every situation i mean every everyone's got a different living situation uh the place where they're going to grow whatever it may be it, it's all an individualized thing um but you know we're gonna try to help you give a little bit of guidance and parameters i think with probably more of a focus on like a maybe a newbie who's setting up a tent in their house i would say correct
0: correct and um you know uh, the 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 biggest thing that i want to make uh, people aware of is um your mileage may vary as well and there'll be some people that say well i've always been doing it this way or i've done it this way and and that's great and and whatever works for you keep doing it Um, but these are what work for me um, and for my clients, and for all my friends, and, and this is what works for the captain, so we're, this is a, a experience-based podcast, and this is what works for us, and um, we believe that it's going to set you up down the right path.
1: Yeah, that, that's all we can do is speak to what works for us individually, and um, try to help you, it's it's just a genuine desire to to lead you down a the right path, and there's a, there's a lot of people out there who uh, you know don't seem very, very genuine to me. At the end of the day, so <laughs> we're trying, trying to be the opposite of that, and uh, we just want people to have the same success that we've had, and uh, that's what we want to see.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the, the first thing that you should be thinking about is where. Where am I going to set up this grow space? Is it going to be in a spare bedroom, uh, closet, corner of the bedroom, basement, attic, um, you know, outside? But that's kind of another discussion. This is more focused on indoor rowing.
1: Um, It is. And just real quick, I want to just butt in. And uh, before you even get into all that, I want to just say when you you have the decision to start growing, the most important thing you want to think about is – what you, you want your end result to be. Um, it's kind of, you're gonna have a lot of decisions that you're gonna need to make about what kind of gear to get, how how big of a blank am I gonna need? How, how much X am I gonna need? How much of Y? Um, and and the only way to get that information is by determining how much medicine you need. Um, and yeah, that's, that's what I did. You gotta work backwards. And, Figuring out how much you smoke is going to give you all that you need to do to start figuring out your setup.
0: Exactly, exactly. It's about your needs, what you want to achieve, your goals, um, and then think about that and, and plan accordingly.
1: Yep, that's what it's Yeah, you got to just know what your goal is and then uh, plan to, to get that result, and, and that's kind of how you should work in life in general, in my opinion.
0: Exactly, exactly. Planning is everything. Um, yes, sir. So, so space, wh- where am I gonna put this? Um, and then also keep in mind, there's a dry coming up, right? So you gotta keep that in mind mm-hmm. as well. But we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more detailed, um, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit later on and then obviously in, in other episodes. But space, um, I, I always recommend um, if you have a, a clean, dry basement, um, that's the, the number one space you want to set up. Um, oftentimes, people are limited by ceiling height as well, and that can be tough. Um, mm-hmm. These days with modern, LED, modern LEDs, you can get um, some pretty good results in basements, even with low ceilings. I've, I've seen people do some pretty impressive things. So, um, environment. Why would you say a
1: basement is the best spot?
0: It, it's about environment. Um, it, it's going to stay pretty cool and consistent all year round. Um, you're not going to have a, a lot of, of temperature swings, uh, swings and uh, that, that's the most important thing is, is the environment and, and getting that proper. And um, if you're fighting hot temperatures, like let's say in an attic, um, it's 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 going to be really really tough. Um, I mean, not that you can't grow in an attic. It really just depends. I've seen some pretty well insulated attics um, and some pretty successful grows in attics, but. I, I'd say more times than not, it's going to be really tough to achieve um, a proper environment in an attic.
1: You are correct, sir. And uh, uh, speaking as a person who's growing in an attic, attic currently, um, it's this is information that I really wish that I would have had before that I decided where to put my grow. Um, you know, it's one of those things you got to live and learn. It's all about making mistakes and learning from them. But uh, yeah, I, I decided to go ahead and, and set up in a new house that I bought in the attic. We don't have central air and with the summer coming, um, I'm now looking at moving everything down to my basement it's probably going to be this weekend and next and i'm not looking forward to it at all <laughs> so,
0: yeah it's yeah. a lot of work especially lugging everything from all the way up up top to all the way down bottom
1: multiple trips uh-huh yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, and there's you know a little bit of prep work that needed to be done just because it, it's in an unfinished basement but at the end of the day it's all about having a stable temperature and humidity um, you can work around not having you know I, I it's not a finished basement it is dry I'm not worried about mold or pests or anything like that but i um, I'll probably end up putting like a little filter on the intake of the tent and all that stuff just to you know maybe dust that kinda of stuff but yeah that, that, that's, it's, a, that's it's a good idea the ideal ideal temperature and humidity for a long room Um and one of the hardest things as a grower is, is battling the environment, your entire grow it's just, you can't win that way um, so yeah, it was, you're setting it up in the correct spot in your house is kind of the first thing you need to consider um, some people don't have basements and that's correct, you know, you're just going to have to figure it out from there, you go in a, a spare bedroom and I mean, shit, you, you can grow in an attic. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm doing it right now.
0: It's oh, yeah. like It's, uh, it's going to cost you more to condition that, that area, though. Just keep that in mind. You're yeah, going to need yeah. some air conditioning, some heating, more than likely. Um, you
1: are, and, and you're going to need power in order to mm-hmm. fucking function, uh, make all those appliances run, and um, that's definitely a big consideration when you start setting up.
0: Right, and that's actually a good transition into our next subject, power. Um,
1: so it's, it's almost like uh, it's almost like transitions are an important thing, I right know.
0: <laughs> they are important, um, but what's great about this show is it's unscripted, so we just roll yeah. with it. Um, it is, it is. So, power. Um, it's really um, one, of the, one of the most overlooked things when, when people set up their space. Uh, I've seen it so many times. Um, they buy they do all the research they know the right lights to buy the exhaust the tent whatever room fans pumps everything right perfect Mm -hmm, and -hmm. then they go get it all set up um and before they know it the the breaker's popping and they're like oh that well that's weird let me turn that back on and breaker pops again um and I've yeah. seen it so many times, and it's because the way a breaker works is it takes a while. Most of them will pop on heat, and it takes a while for that heat to build up um, mm-hmm. in order for it to pop. And um, once a breaker pops, it only has you know so many times, you know, so many trips in its life um, before it just it won't trip. And guess what happens to that heat? It turns into fire. Um, Yep, and uh, it's it, it could be quite dangerous. So yeah, we have, don't want to. Uh, go ahead. We don't want to
1: start house fires here, no, guys. No. We are not looking to start fires. We are looking to grow fire. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Please do not start fires, um, and keep that in mind. So um, just some of the things you you want to think about. You're going to be running lighting, um, humidifiers, dehumidifiers. Uh, humidifiers don't really take a lot of power. Dehumidifiers do. Um, in some areas, you're gonna need air conditioning, you might need heating. Those are also big power consumption devices. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, for, for an example, uh, I'll use a four by four grow tent. Uh, let's say you're running um, either a thousand watt HPS uh, in some cases, or, uh, you know, LED, 480, 600 watts, um, for, you know, like, a, let's say a decent quantum board. Um,
1: uh-huh.
0: Now, a thousand watt, uh, HPS is actually drawing close to 1,100 watts, and you're, you're looking at uh, close to 10 amps there. Um, dehumidifier, uh, four or five amps, some of them more depending on, on you know how big a uh, unit you're running. Air conditioning, heating, uh, it all adds up, and, and most of the time in one room, oh yeah. you're dealing with a 15 amp circuit. Uh, in some cases, maybe 20 amps, and uh, you're already close to maxed out there. Um, so what yeah. I often recommend people do, um, hire an electrician, or if you're handy, do it yourself. Um, run and, and, and dedicated power to your grow space, um, e- either a couple of 15 amps or 20 amps, um, or if you're savvy and, and you really want to uh, get down to it, uh, I recommend running all your lighting um, on on 240 volt. Uh, most of the, the lights, that you, you buy, um, even the cheaper ones, they can all run on 240. And the benefit to that is doing more with less amperage. Um, it's, no. I don't want to get too complicated into it, but uh, it's something that you should think about is, is power. It's, it's extremely important and don't overlook it um, as part of your research when you're getting your space set up. No,
1: you, you don't want to overlook it. Um, but at the end of the day, um, at least for myself um, you want to work within a budget um, and you know I, I can't really hire an electrician to go in and, and get a 240 volt uh, circuit and all that stuff it just wasn't feasible so I, I just have to work within the constraints and the parameters that you have um, I remember when I plugged in my dehumidifier um, you know, running on a 15 amp circuit, it was fine at first. And then once the, the compressor kicked in, when it started to work, the the lights started to dim. Um, and it just, you know, I could tell it was kind of on the verge of, of shorting out. So I gave you a call. i was like, what the fuck should I do? Oh, my <laughs> house is going to burn down. And then you, you know, you walked me through it and I just, all it takes is a little bit of math and and figuring out how many amps you're running total and you don't want to exceed the number of amps that your circuit board can handle
0: yeah it's 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 crucial um so think about it um i know we've spent definitely a few minutes on this but the reason for it is is it's it's extremely important and um you don't want to have that stereotype out there that this you know grow room burnt down and, and caused a fire, because um, that's just setting us back, uh, you know, in the legalization movement and how Man. people view um, cannabis, you know, users, and they, we don't want that, so
1: do I the think right if thing. if you just, like, if you just don't think about it at all, though, it's it's probably just not going to happen. It's, it's like one of those self-fulfilling prophecy type things, if you just, you know, don't dwell on it and, and you'll be fine. <laughs> but but really really you should think about it absolutely before you start absolutely. Um, and one of the other things you are probably going to want to think about is water man access you're to water
0: that these transitions all
1: right dude i'm you know i'm just in the zone right now i've been <laughs>
0: That was smooth. That was smooth. I gave it to the captain. So, uh, water. Extremely important. Um, Don't overlook the water as well. Um, Now, whether you have auto-watering, you're watering by hand, you're still going to need a a fair amount of water. How are you going to get it to this grow space? Um, If you're growing in an attic like the captain, um, you're going to have to lug it up Mm. there.
1: I don't have, yeah, it's not a, I mean, I live in a very old house and it's, it's not a finished attic. It's, it's nice enough. I mean, it's a pretty chill space. It's kind of why I went with the attic to begin with. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm lugging buckets of water up the stairs every day and it's, it's just not ideal at all. It's, it's a very humble setup and uh, I look forward to being able have access to water where my grow is so i can potentially set up an automatic watering system that Uh, would be fantastic
0: it's going to be game changing for you once you get that and uh i'll be down your way soon so i'm going to have to pop in and see how you did you know a little inspection per se
1: yeah there's i mean there's a lot of cool things you can do with water um right now um i get it from the tap um you know that's a lot of things you got to think about. Not a lot, but a couple things you want to think about when you're getting your water from the tap. Um, you can get a public record report from your municipality about um, your water quality um, and if they use chloramine and, or chlorine. Um, you're going to want to get a different source to water if they use chloramine absolutely and that's, you can just go to walmart get a jug of spring water or something they are a couple couple bucks each last you a week or two um but yeah it's i'm lucky enough that when my, my tap water comes out at like 125 ppms it's pretty clean and I I just let it aerate for a day in a bucket, and I bring it upstairs to the to the attic. I'm glad you general. actually
0: mentioned the aeration because most people will do that. Um, the the problem with chloramine is I don't care how much you aerate it, the chloramine still stays in. Um, yeah. So that that one is uh, is is just brutal. Um, I used to run aquariums, and uh, that was one of the things you had to look out for. Um, I I will disagree with you on one point and. You know, this is what makes this show great. We can yeah, agree and disagree on other things. If you have chloramine in your tap water, get a cheap RO system. Uh, you can get one on Amazon for like 80 bucks, and uh, in the long term, that'll save you a lot of money. Um, now, oh, I thought they were expensive. Oh, they are. A good one is, um, and I'm not endorsed by this company, but if you want to make an investment in an RO, I'd recommend Bulk Reef Supply. You can get a really nice RO system for like 200 bucks from them. Um, all right it'll do 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 your uh some <laughs> really good system now i i do run ro um for a lot of people at different locations but the the thing about ro water it, it can be extremely hard to stabilize in a reservoir um so keep that in mind um you know you have to remineralize it and uh, yep. and oftentimes um if you have let's say like a backup reservoir and you have a pump in there. Um, the, the, the belief I'm not a chemist or anything, but there's some belief that 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 water wants some sort of minerals in it, you know, or it needs something in it. So it, it can oftentimes uh, break pumps, uh, break down seals and, and things like that. And not to mention, huh. pH probes hate our water. They hate it. Uh, it's just really? not not good for them at all.
1: So what, will make them, like, lose their calibration or just yeah, break, again, break entirely? Yeah,
0: no, again, I'm not 100% sure on why or wh- what it does to it. I just know that it's just not good for them. Uh, they don't all like right, it well, at
1: all. Well, just as a complete side note, that's just a random grow tip for everyone out there, is you should all have those fucking pH drops, like the the manual pH tester. Um, I, I used to... Do a little bit of pool testing as a, as a side gig and you know you just take a little bit of sample of water drop a couple drops in and and it turns the water a different color based on the ph uh, it's a very cheap and easy way to test your ph meter uh, i do that once a week make sure it's on the dot
0: absolutely or at
1: least in the ballpark and that's it's, it's important.
0: Yeah, and those are important, um, and really great to have around. Uh, let's say you know you just mixed everything up, you, you dip your pen in, you get a reading. That you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, thing? sometimes I'm like, right, hey, huh?
1: Because <laughs> yeah. you know, sometimes your tap water will change, man. Like, oh, I, honestly. Oh yeah, seasonally, absolutely. You, you got to be on top of that shit. I mean, like when I when I started, um, it, my my tap water was was low. It would come out like six five, six eight in that range and and nowadays it's coming out about seven six to seven nine and that's it's it's insane i gotta i gotta use like 15 drops of ph down every time i'm i'm, I'm watering in it. it's 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 nuts man but uh one of the you know i i'm actually going to be trying a pretty interesting experiment um in the summer with uh rain that i'm going to be collecting uh, it's you know should should be pretty cool. Oh, you're gonna See have that. to let me know how
0: that goes. That's awesome. I've uh, I've never done that myself. I know a lot of people that do, um, and and have had really good success with it. Just uh, let me know how you do. Yeah. Obviously, your mileage will vary depending on uh, your area, um, and where you're living, oh, yeah. how you're collecting it. And, yeah. Uh, I think we had talked about this. You you got a slate roof.
1: Um, I do. It's one of those things. I, I, my wife and I took a class on this, and we got a free rain barrel from from our town. And uh, it's not something that you should just do, put it that way. Yeah, yeah, a do a little A couple things research. you want to think about.
0: Yeah, it, it, uh, research with anything you know, helps tremendously. So um, let's um, talk a little bit about lighting. Um, it, again, this is such a hard topic to really cover. It, it, Deeply because everybody's situation is so different in what they want to use and, and what their budget is and what their goals are. Um, so, I, I think for a lot of these examples, I'll, will, I'll, I'll use a four by four space because I, I do feel like that um, if you had to pull people, that's probably the most common starting point for, yeah. for most people.
1: Um, That's uh, that's pretty common. I see a lot of two by fours too, and uh,
0: yeah, people rock it out in those two by fours. I've seen people pull some impressive numbers. So don't feel bad if you're not, you know, rocking a four by four. And uh, but like I said, that's just it's easier to to when you're trying to um, discuss these things that when you're talking about a square room. Um, And but um, anyway, um, for for lighting, um, you know. Like we had talked about, you're, you're going to want to run, you know, at least a thousand watt HPS. Well, I shouldn't say at least, but are, you're going to want to run a thousand watt HPS. I've seen people rock out mm-hmm. 600 watts uh, HPS and do really well as well. Um, but again, uh, more photons, more buds. So, thousand um, watt HPS yes, in, 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 1, 000, uh, in a thousand in a four x four tent, you're going to do just fine. Um, if you're like me, um, you're running LEDs um four hundred eighty watt panel will do really well in a four x four um if you you know want to get excellent results the six hundred watt panel uh will kill it uh you can do uh, amazing things um or if you're you know like my buddy captain you you can push close to nine hundred watts
1: <laughs> it's uh First of all, it's a it's a 5x5. Five five, so I got it. So <laughs> you do have big that extra difference. square footage there. Yeah. yeah, hey uh, man, you know, when you think about the square footage between a 4x4 four four and 5x5, five five, it's 9 square feet of uh, of difference. It's actually quite a big quite a big jump up in space. No, it, it is.
0: Um, um, it, it's it is significant, but um, that's a lot of power.
1: Um, it is. And yeah, I I push a lot of watts. Of LED in in my tent. And Nothing I, wrong with that at all, brother. I Nothing believe wrong at that all. that's the light is the engine that drives your plants. Um, that is where I spend the majority of my budget is is on the lights. And, yeah, uh, they are. You know, I I swear by them. Um, they're yeah. I got L, 830 watts in um in a five x five. I've actually seen people that do more. Believe it or not, it's um, about 35 watts per square foot is is what I like to recommend. But that's that's not even a great metric to use. It's really about the PPFD, um, which you know you can you can go on YouTube. You see Dr. Coco and all these guys doing fancy tests with these expensive gadgets and all that. Uh, there are actually iphone apps for free that you can download that that'll get uh ppfd reading with within 50 or 100 points uh you know it, it they're they're pretty much on the ballpark they're they're accurate enough to give you a very good reading and um I do like to use those too.
0: Yeah. You know what those are great for? Um, Let's say that even if it wasn't an accurate reading, right, what it will help you do is uh, evenly distribute your lighting. Um, Yes. Because it's giving you a numerical value. And and it will
1: be like tuned to itself as it were. Correct. Yeah. So even if it's not accurate, it it shows you the the differences in the different parts of your tent. Mm -hmm. Um, And that if, you're like me, and you're a person who runs uh, a couple different fixtures, not just one light in a tent. Um, that gives you the ability to kind of spread out those lights. Um,
0: yeah, and, and be, I yeah. always, always recommend people to try and do that if they can. Um, the the benefits of what you that's what what we call um, in the industry shared lighting, um, and it's it's huge because um, one the, you're able to spread it out more, um, and two you're able to to it's but all right think about it this way let's say you have um i you know two lights and you turn one of them off um they're you know one on each side of the tent well guess what some of that light that is meant for the that side is still going to the other side of the tent and vice versa so Mm -hmm. um it's it's A really good benefit to be able to split that that lighting up into multiple fixtures.
1: You get uh, like some diffusion, I guess it would be called. Um, You know, we're not scientists, we're not physicists by any means. Absolutely not. um, It does. There are a number of benefits uh, to running more fixtures than just getting like a big 480 watt board as it were you could you you know in in my opinion you're better served getting two 240 watt boards
0: agreed agreed if it's in the budget it's going to cost you a little bit more to do it that way Yep, yeah Um, a little bit more um again you know do what you can afford and um you know roll with that so um i think we we spent enough time on lighting um anything else to add to that
1: No, just it's it's one of the biggest considerations for sure when you're when you're setting up your space. Uh,
0: Agreed, and that's why we spent a fair amount of time on it. Um, It is for sure, absolutely.
1: And that's we we are. There's a lot more to talk about too. Oh yeah, we. I mean, we we could do. We'll have a whole episode (laughs) at least Uh, on lighting.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's crucial. Again, this is more of a a basic guide, um, more of like some steps to follow a path um, to set yourself up for uh, for success so um we've we've talked about you know space power lighting water Um, let's talk about environment and and how to Mm -hmm. control that um it's extremely important people really often overlook this um, when they they set up their space how they're going to get you know heat from these lights uh, out of the space or cold air into the space to compensate it's extremely important and um it, there's been um, a lot of talk about VPD um, the last few years in the industry, and um, yep. for, what pe- for people that don't understand what that is, just an acronym for Vapor Pressure Deficit. Um, there are charts you can follow um, to give you some guidance. Basically, you would correspond um, your temperature to a relative humidity, and by doing so you're allowing the plants to transpire um at their fullest rate which is going to give you better growth um basically that's just the gist of it we again another topic we could spend a a whole episode on Um,
1: yeah yeah it's a it's a generalized you want to get a ratio of your humidity to your temperature that's really all it is um it varies in the different phases of life um, as you progress and the plant gets older you want to essentially drop the humidity uh, relative to the temperature um, as I'm growing a plant I want the humidity and veg to be as as high as I can get it really I I like to spike it when they're really young I, I get it around like 90% in the tent um, you know, around two, week two, week three, I'll drop that to, to between 60, 70%. Um, and then you yeah, have the flower tent. Like, yeah, I have, I have two tents. Not something you need to do for autos, but it um, does make it easier to kind of give your plants in the younger phases of life that ideal temperature, and then your plants in the older phase of life their ideal temperature, which really is just a difference of humidity.
0: Correct. Yep. Um, now, we, we've talked about humidity. Um, how are you going to achieve this? Well, most of the time, you're going to need some sort of humidification um, in the early stages of life. Um, humidifiers are great. Um, just make sure you, you get something that you, it's going to last you. You know, the next day, and so you can get there and fill
1: it up. Um, yeah, it's a mistake I made. I, I got one of those, I think it's a 12 hour humidifier. So, oh my God, I'm filling that thing up <laughs> more than I'd like to admit, but, um, you know, you work within your budget, man. That's correct. What you do.
0: Now for about a hundred bucks, I can show you how to build a sick uh, DIY humidifier. Um, you, you buy a thing called an atomizer and you put it in a tote, like a storage tote. Um, punch a hole in one end with a fan and okay. and the other end other end have like some, you know, pvc piping going into your grow room. You connect that to let's say like uh, again not sponsored by these guys, just, you know, mentioning products I use like an Inkbird uh, thermostatic control for humidifier uh, for a humidifier and yep. boom, you got a DIY, you know, humidifier that'll blow anything you can buy out of the water. No shit. Yep, and it will last you forever. Um, You know, obviously if you put it in a big tote, and uh, yeah, they they Yeah, that's
1: pretty awesome. Actually, it sounds like uh, something I might have to do.
0: Yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll send you a parts list. Uh, You can you know again the prices of everything have gone up uh, exponentially because of COVID. Um, Of course. So last time I built one it was like you know with the tote around 120, 130 bucks I think.
1: Nice, yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, that's a you know, again, everyone working within um, a very personal budget. Um, and that's one of, and, you know, I'll just throw it out there. One, one of the benefits of auto flowers, in my opinion, is uh, really all you need to do is get a light uh, and a fan and stick them in a closet. Um, give them a couple. Couple of weeks to finish and, and you're gonna have some medicine. It might not be the best, but You'll have something I guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're 100% it's, right.
1: It's like, you know, you want to talk about a budget grow That's it's doesn't get any easier than that, but <laughs> no. um no,
0: you you know, Yeah,
1: when yeah. when you want to grow the best quality, um, you know Maximize your you know get your return on investment and all that kind of stuff that's when you want to think about um, optimizing all the different parameters of your grow.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, very well put. And, you know, autos definitely are a lot easier to grow in that aspect as far as um, environment goes. Um, they are going to take a little bit more um, abuse, per se. Um, and I have noticed that they also uh, also are a little bit more uh, pest resistant.
1: And, uh, yeah, okay. I, I would... I would have to agree with that and um yeah like i said all, all you would need really is a light and maybe an oscillating fan you don't even need a timer for that light because shit, you can run them on 24 hours a day um and yeah their there environment might not be ideal but i'll tell you what if, if you're living in that environment they're going to be able to live too and <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna do something. So
0: yeah, yeah. The plants are, are very well at adapting, um, and as long as it's in some sort of acceptable range, again, all these parameters that we mentioned, um, this is like ideal environment, and these are yeah, like I said yeah. guidelines. Um, so you know, do what you can, but um, don't feel like it's, you have to achieve you know certain numbers or parameters to in order to
1: get you know. No, your by no means are you failing if you don't hit your ideal vpd range or any of that stuff like you, you just want to look at your plants yep. if your plants are looking good you're, you're doing all right and even if they're not looking so good you know what you're probably doing all right too like, just make some adjustments and carry on oh and yeah you'll be fine. Um,
0: if you learn to grow to your environment you can you can achieve some pretty good things, you know, even without expensive equipment, you know. And and I think he, um, not that um, I was really even thinking about it, but I think something we should we should talk about maybe on a future episode is uh, something like a you know a good budget grow list, you know, something to the to the you know average Joe can can go out and and get set up, you know, maybe a small yeah. space. I think That make it. Yeah,
1: great. yeah. Definitely. I mean. Dude, when I, when I started, I, I, I got a 2.3 by 2.3 foot tent. Weird weird uh size for a tent, but like, yeah, 27 inches by 27 inches. And I stuck five plants in there. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, this is going to be all right. I'll just get my, my Mars Hydro TS-1000 and... Five plants in this tent rocking and rolling, but holy shit, man!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, besides, you learn really quick. Yeah, I'd say, besides overwatering, that's probably the most common mistake new growers make is too many plants, um, in a, in a small of a space. And I, I was even guilty of it myself, um, <laughs> especially with autos, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, especially with autos, it's it's really hard to control their size. You know, they're going to get, if you provide them enough lighting, they're going to get really big. Um, they will. <laughs>
1: um, so, they yeah. will. Yeah, you know, it's just one of those live and learn type things. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, so we,
0: we've talked a little bit about humidification. Um, mm-hmm. Dehumidification, um, probably... In more aspects, um, even more important than humidification, oh, yeah. because if you have high humidity, you're just really a breeding ground for powdery mildew, bud rot, yeah, pests, um, all sorts of things. That, that stagnant air, you know, it's just it, it's really important to to get the humidity under control. Now, you, also depending on your environment, um, you really in most cases won't need dehumidification until later on in in the growth stage in in flower or when the plants are are really big and they're transpiring Mm -hmm. a lot but it is something to to really think about i I, you know it's probably fair to say that that might be the the most overlooked thing is dehumidification because i see a lot of people put a lot of thought into setting up their space and they don't even mention dehumidification Um, It it also is a huge power consumption as well. Um, Next to your lighting, even in some cases, depending on what you're running for lighting, that dehumidifier will use more power than your lighting.
1: Very well could, and um, it's not cheap either. No. It's Um. like, yeah, it's, it's not a thing that I bought initially, but it was a thing that I bought very quickly after. I had set it up because I realized there's just no other way to control uh humidity especially in the environment that I live, you know, it's not like uh the high desert or anything like that where I'm just getting like these bone dry conditions all the time. It it, it gets it gets humid as shit around here, so um it's, it's a essential piece of gear and it's something you definitely want to have space for in your budget as well as your power supply.
0: <laughs> yep, going back to power, it all comes full circle. Yep, yep. All right. Um, I really don't feel like we need to put too much more thought into that. It's like I said, this is going to be kind of basic. Um, now let's talk about air movement, circula- circulation. Also, extremely important because if the if you're not able to move those leaves around um are and get some air you're going to have stagnant air they're not going to be able to transpire as well you're going to have slower growth and weaker plants as well uh, moving them around with, with a fan and, and the breeze helps strengthen those stems give you a yep. uh, more rigid base and, and the, the plants just they love it
1: they seem to um it, it it'll compensate for a little bit of Maybe high humidity or high temperature, Uh, if you get some really good air circulation in your your tent. Um, um, I I like to have um, a fan at at the bottom of the tent blowing up, as well well as uh, an oscillating fan kind of blowing it all around the tent. So it's it's kind of a, yeah, there's air moving all over the place.
0: Yeah, it's important. (laughs) It's very important. Uh, to it have is, that air movement. It is. Yep, and, and not just get, getting it out, but moving it around, you know, so it can get out. If you have, you know, stagnant pockets of, of air, you're going to have, you know, run into microclimates, meaning, like, you'll have some areas of your tent that, let's say, are running at, like, 82 degrees. You'll have some that are, like, 75, uh, and so on. So it's important to, to have that air movement. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned under canopy fans. Another thing that's that's often overlooked uh, keep that air movement. Keep it stagnant. You don't want it to get stagnant. That's how you end up with with issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, pests really don't like the, the the high air movement either. Not to say that that's going to prevent you from getting pests, but it definitely helps. You know, set them back a little bit. They don't like the, those plants, you know, moving around too much. It, it kind of deters yeah. them a little bit.
1: I I got this uh, this fan, like from Amazon for for Christmas. That it can simulate. Um like random breeze patterns where it'll just, like, it'll blow really hard at one point, and then it'll slow down and stop blowing so hard and keep oscillating the whole time. Like, it's pretty cool, man.
0: Oh, you're going to have to uh, send me a link to that one. That, that yeah, does sound pretty cool. Yeah,
1: it's neat. Cool. It's neat. You know, nice. You
0: yeah.
1: Make them feel like they're outside, you know, actually in the in the great outdoors.
0: Yeah, you know, when you really sit back and think about it, I guess at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do is, is replicate nature not easy to
1: do it is Um, not at all and not at all that and you're trying to play god as it were to (laughs) control all of these factors and in in, you know a place where plants are not supposed to grow naturally and it it can be a lot harder than you might think
0: oh i I agree
1: yeah a lot to think about man yeah yeah i mean
0: we've gone uh, 45 minutes here and, and i feel like we haven't even scratched the surface there's just so much no. to talk about
1: Not at no, all. we'll have to do grow setup part two in the near future but
0: like yeah um and again um you guys can email us or hit us up on instagram uh, email is um cultivationconversation at gmail.com And uh, either myself or the captain will respond personally to um, every email. It may take us some time. There's only two of us. There's a lot of messages coming through. So just be patient with us. Um, Also, um, I'm on Instagram, at the Rail Green Monster, Captain.
1: That's Green Monster. M-O-N-S-T-A, baby. Yeah, spell it with that Boston accent. If you be all right. And uh, I'm. Uh, I think I can Captain... hear my
0: accent coming loud and clear
1: over this podcast. just <laughs> uh, maybe a little, man, but <laughs> it's it's good. It's good. Um, I'm uh, I'm at Captain Autoflower, and uh, always happy to talk to you guys. You know that. Um, thank you all for listening. Yeah, uh, I hope you have a great weekend and. Think of me while I'm uh, I'm gonna be breaking everything down and resetting it up in the in the basement.
0: Oh, I'll be, I'll definitely be thinking of you, buddy, and I'm sure we'll be on the phone uh, going through a few things. Um, it, we uh, you know we're we're just getting started out here. Uh, we do appreciate the support. It's been it's been great. Um, please rate, you know, follow and subscribe to the show, um, and it, uh, also follow us on Instagram. It's Cultivation um, dot Conversation. And um, we respond to to all messages in there as well. Um, That's it for today. I want to thank you for listening. Any final thoughts, Captain?
1: No, just uh, have fun growing, guys. Growing growing weed should be fun.
0: Absolutely. If you're not having fun, then they can get the hell out of you. Find something else else to do. Right.
1: that's right. (laughs) And uh, when, when you got the right information, it's really easy to have fun. So... Keep listening and uh we'll talk to you next time. Alright, Green Monster out. Alright, adios.